Well, it's that time again. Time for the Go I'll Go podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fry, and I'm being joined by the distinguished Ian McMacken, publisher of Go Y.O. Go. All right, Ian, they're back. The crowds are back. Oh, I'm doing great. I'm back here in Virginia after visiting the great state of Wyoming and uh, having gone to the Air Force game. uh, How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. It's been a been a great week, and uh, certain last weekend, back to back wins over Air Force, Colorado State, uh, really has Cowboy fans feeling pretty good about the program right now. Oh yes, they do, and uh, we're not going to go too much into the um, Colorado State game, even though we kind of missed it on the the. It was we couldn't cover it because I was there. Uh, and we didn't get that uh, show recorded. But, uh, yeah, that uh, there's a really nice hangover from the uh, CSU win. And then we came in against Air Force, so both of the Colorado teams in our division, and came out with victories. So uh, things are all right in Cowboy land. Well, like the guy in the Denver Post said, one of the writers, Mike Kisley, said Wyoming is the best Mountain West team on the front range. And uh, handling Air Force and Colorado State uh, kind of put that nail in the coffin for the Pokes. Well, you know, I tell you, I went to the game. Uh, the atmosphere was great. Uh, a lot of people showed up. Uh, I'm not sure if it was exactly sold out, but there were a heck of a lot of people there. And uh, it was a great environment uh, for the recruits that have come in. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that a little bit later with Tom Laycock. So, um it was a uh, it was a very very uh, dynamic experience, and it really shows us that uh, things are looking up in uh, in Laramie now. Yeah, I think the entire uh, atmosphere of the football game, the largest crowd in five years since the Nebraska Cornhuskers came in 2011, coming off that Colorado State win, and then having not a sellout crowd, but a crowd that was one of the better crowds we've had in a while for a conference opponent. Uh, is really another step in a positive direction this year for Wyoming football because you really need to get everybody involved, whether it's the fans, the administration, the state. And uh, it looks like the fans are there. Many of them are ready to get on board. And if this can continue to move forward, I think those crowds are going to grow into the future. Well, I tell you what, um, I have a review of the game, recorded this earlier today, and uh, why don't we take a listen to that? The Wyoming Cowboys secured their fourth win of the season and placed themselves atop the Mountain West Mountain Division with two wins by defeating Air Force Academy Falcons 35-26 last Saturday in Laramie. The Cowboys got on the board first with an 11-play, 75-yard drive capped by a 17-yard pass from Josh Allen to Tanner Gentry with 10.40 remaining in the first quarter. Second and 10 at the Air Force 18-yard line for the Pokes. Mallhart and Gentry this time 
both out to the left. Johnson wide right. Allen works in the gun. Fakes the inside handoff. Wants to throw. Looks to the end zone. This is caught. Touchdown, Cowboys. Tanner Gentry with the catch on a bullet from Josh Allen. After Cooper Roth's extra point, the Cowboy led the Cadets 7-0. On Air Force's final possession of the first quarter, quarterback Nate Roman was sacked for a 16-yard loss by Cowboy linebacker Logan Wilson. Daverne is the fullback up under center, Romine, but he wants to throw straight back, has time. Uh Uh-oh, under pressure, Romine is going to go down. He is sacked all the way back at the 45-yard line. The Bucks defense responded again two plays later when defensive back Marcus Epps intercepted a Romaine pass at the Wyoming 27 with one minute and 27 seconds remaining in the first quarter. Back to throw, Romine looks over the middle, fires, this is intercepted. It's picked off, it's Marcus Epps with another pick to the 45, Epps to midfield, he's to the 41-yard line, and a flag comes in late. First quarter ended with the Cowboys ahead 7-0. In the second quarter, Air Force got on the board early with a 47-yard field goal by Luke Strabel, making the score Wyoming 7, Air Force 3, with 10.48 remaining in the second quarter. Wyoming took 14 plays on their next possession to extend their lead over the Falcons 14-3 on a 20-yard pass from Josh Allen to Jake Mahart with 4 minutes and 51 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Hill is the deep back in the eye as Price comes in motion back to the right side of the formation. They'll fake it to him. Allen wants to throw. Looking end zone. Fires! He's got a man! It's caught! Touchdown, Cowboys! The Falcons answered two possessions later with a 41-yard field goal by Strabel, making the score Wyoming 14, Air Force 6, with 51 seconds remaining in the half. Wyoming went into the locker room with 217 yards in total offense, compared to just 64 yards for the Falcons. Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen racked up 48 yards on the ground, followed by running back Brian Hill with 44 yards. Through the air, Allen went 12 for 20 and no interceptions for a total of 119 yards. In the third quarter, the Cowboys tacked on a 15-yard defensive touchdown on a scoop and score by linebacker D.J. May, following a fumble by Falcon running back Jacob Owens. Air Force has it first down at their own 15-yard. Oh, the ball's loose. The Cowboys have it. DJ May is running with it. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. The extra point by Cooper Roth was good, giving Wyoming a 21-6 lead with 8 minutes and 55 seconds remaining in the third quarter. Cowboys added another score with just over three minutes remaining in the third quarter with a 32-yard strike from Josh Allen to Jake Hollister, making the score Wyoming 28, Air Force 6, following extra point by Cooper Roth. Rolling right, throws on the run. This is caught by Hollister. Hollister with a first down and more. He's to the five. He's in. The Falcons quickly added on their next possession with a 75-yard bomb from Nate Romine to Robinette, 
After the extra point, the score stood at Wyoming 28, Air Force Academy 13, with 3.21 remaining in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Falcons tightened the score to 28-20 on an 11-play drive and a one-yard run by Falcon quarterback Nate Romain with nine minutes and three seconds remaining in the final stanza. The Falcons made it really interesting with another score on their next possession with a three-play 65-yard drive capped by a 49-yard scoring pass from Nate Romain to Tim McVay. The extra point failed, leaving the score Wyoming 28, Air Force 26, with 3 minutes and 31 seconds in the final quarter. Colorado Springs native Antonio Hall stuffed the two-point conversion attempt by Falcon Jacob Owens. The Cowboys salted the victory with on a five-play 37-yard drive capped by a Brian Hill touchdown. Give it to Hill. He'll put his head down. He'll plow in. Touchdown, Cowboys. What a huge touchdown. How about that? Third and 21. Wyoming's Antonio Hall sealed the deal by intercepting a Nate Romine pass with 18 seconds remaining in the contest. Romine puts him in motion. Back to throw. Sets up, takes a big hit, and this is going to be picked off. It's Antonio Hall with his second interception of the day, and that should do it. At the final gun, the Cowboys win their fourth game of this season. Huge win for the Cowboys. Once again, the final score. Oh, the score. Wyoming 35, Air Force 26. Well, there you go. That's the uh, highlights of the uh, Air Force game. And I want to uh, extend my thanks to Learfield Sports, the University of Wyoming, and Dave Walsh for allowing us to rebroadcast the highlights of the game. Boy, that was quite something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great homecoming win for the Cowboys. I think one of the keys in the game was the time of possession where they outdid Air Force uh, 35 to 26, I believe, kind of beat them at their own game and controlled the football. And this is really what we're going to, I think, see out of the, the bowl program as we move forward is Wyoming trying to control the clock with the run game. And um, the defense looked, made some great plays, uh, played really well in the first half, only giving up six points to a very good Air Force team and made enough big plays in the second half to uh, seal the deal. Yeah, they uh, certainly did. Now, uh, Air Force came back, and, you know, you can never um, turn your back on that team. That They're uh, always uh, very determined, very good. They don't quit. And so uh, they got a couple of uh, long plays, uh, tightened up the score, but it was heartening to see Wyoming uh, stiffen up and uh, don't fold. They uh, fought back and made sure that they uh, held on to that win. Yeah, no question. Uh, both of us watching Wyoming football for a long time have seen a lot of Wyoming Air Force games and how gritty those games can be at times, very close contests. And, and we watched Air Force enough through the years to know that when you get them down, it's not necessarily over with. So the Cowboys made a big play on the two-point conversion. I think that was a very, very key play in the game. And we're able to convert that touchdown at the end with Brian Hill. But I also, I think the Cowboys had a chance to really jump up on Air Force. They missed out on a couple big plays in the second half that would have extended that lead out. 
one where Josh Allen just missed uh, Tanner Gentry. He was wide open out in the flat for a touchdown. And I think that would have helped things a little bit. But fortunately, the Cowboys were able to uh, overcome that and do what they needed to do to pick that win up. Yeah, that was that was something. You know, there were some interesting uh, uh, things that came out of the game. Uh, the uh, Josh Allen connection to Tanner Gentry for the uh, 17-yard TD with uh, 10.40 in the first quarter, that was Gentry's fifth receiving touchdown of the season, which was a career season high. Uh, Gentry has uh, received uh, touchdowns in six of his last seven games, dating back to 2015, so he continues to have great games. Uh, Josh Allen connected with uh, Jake Mahart for a 20-yard TD with 4.51 remaining in the second quarter. That was Mahart's uh, second receiving touchdown of the season in the 12th of his career. So uh, those two senior receivers continue to uh, have good seasons. Yeah, they were uh, the two veteran wide receivers with that slew of younger wide receivers on the team. And uh, both of them been very solid. The Cowboys needed these uh, two wide receivers to be very solid this year. And they've. Uh, and I tell you, Jacob Hollister also um, hasn't caught a whole lot of passes this year, but he again showed his, you know, his ability as a tight end to be a, a receiving weapon, especially with that touchdown in the second half where he ran past all the Air Force uh, players for that touchdown. So I think the Cowboys are very solid. Very solid in the receiving game with those three players. Well, you know, that was Hollister's longest reception since a 64-yard catch back in uh, November 2015 against UNLV, but uh, he certainly comes through when we need him. Yeah, he's just, uh, you know, we went for a long time without utilizing the tight end at Wyoming because, you know, the 80s and 90s, we were very tight and oriented with Tiller and Roach. And then we kind of lost that with Demo, and then of course with Chris, uh, Coach Christensen. But to have that tight end back into the offense, I think, is really a big benefit, and it's great to see it starting to really emerge. Well, you know, uh, Bowl um, has brought a lot of the basic elements of football that we're um, used to from the so-called "quote-unquote" olden days. It's more of a smash-mouth kind of football, uh, and well, you know, he. Uh, he uh, talked about uh, that and other things in the post-game uh, presser. Let's listen to uh, what Coach Bowl had to say after that game. Well, it was uh, <clears throat> the type of game as far as being close that, that we had anticipated. The game certainly didn't come about how we thought it would be. Uh, lots of ebbs and flows in the game. I think uh, credit uh, Air Force and Coach Calhoun. Uh, their guys, even though they were down and they're a triple option offense, many, uh, many guys would have thought about socking the bats to use a baseball term, and they came back with a vengeance and exploited some things. Um, you know, I thought uh, some of our guys made some big plays. Obviously, uh, the time of possession whenever you play a triple option team is critical, and we certainly won that. Uh, we made some big plays when we needed to make them, and uh, you know, once again, we scored on defense, and I don't know how many games in a row we've done that, and that's been that's unusual. And so uh, we're really pleased. Well, uh, he mentioned that uh, the scores on defense. Uh, my son pointed out to me today that uh, in the NCAA stats, Wyoming is now second in the nation with defensive touchdowns. So that's pretty impressive. Well, it's really impressive, and what makes it even more impressive is the struggles Wyoming has had 
getting turnovers the last several years and even converting into those into touchdowns. So to see that fast of the game is really a big boost uh, to a football team to make plays and score on defense. And that one play by D.J. May was absolutely huge to really distance the Cowboys out to more than a two-touchdown lead. But, again, you're right, uh, really a good thing to see that this uh, – we're seeing some big playability with this defense, and when you get in those close games, that could be the margin that really leads you to victory. Well, you know, uh, Bowl is a, a person that believes in, in time of possession and keeping the defense off the field so that they're fresh. And he was asked about that, uh, you know, the importance of uh, time of possession and and uh, the pace that the offense goes to preserve the defense. And uh, let's hear what he had to say about that. We don't think so. I guess how you structure a football program, uh, all these things are building blocks that come into play on how you play, how you leverage, what you're doing on defense, different schemes that you do. And uh, for us, uh, we're always striving to, to have a significant advantage in time of possession. Uh, what it does, uh, we're going to have more repetition and we may not be hurrying up. I know that's not an in vogue thing, but I know this, those defensive guys are on the bench. And they're uh, they're making adjustments and they're getting rested. And so, we think it's a huge deal. And uh, you know we've been doing it. It's been our motto, well, not our motto, but it's been how we've operated. And so we're going to continue. It's been working. You know it has been working. And uh, you know his his uh, his philosophy of uh, keeping that uh, defensive fresh uh, does seem to show up and uh, is really working now. Yeah, it's uh, anytime you get that defense rested, the depth seems better on the defense right now too, which I think also helped. It seems like there's some depth developing uh, as we go forward, especially in the future seasons. But to be able to control that ball, work that clock, especially against a team like Air Force, who is normally winning that category against their opponents, to have that reversed I think was such a big key in the game. We're talking about an Air Force team, by the way, that beat Navy handily last week a navy team that actually beat number six houston this week so this is a was a quality undefeated falcon team the cowboys beat oh yeah they um uh the air force was very dangerous and uh, uh this just shows me the uh, maturity of the team and the ability to uh, handle that i mean if we go way back and look at the Nebraska game, they played really well uh, against Nebraska for for three quarters of the game, and then uh, some of the immaturity uh, kind of cropped up, and they kind of uh, lost it in the fourth quarter. But uh, as this team develops and as it gets more mature, uh, you see you see them being able to compete. So uh, it's fantastic that they have a a bye week and to get some of the bumps and bruises uh, cured up and uh, prepare for the second half of the season starting uh, out in Reno, Nevada against Nevada uh, two Saturdays from now. So, um, yeah, that's just, uh, that that really just uh, makes me feel really well. Yeah, I feel good. It's great to have the bye week, and I think this bye week is coming at a good time because you get one, get you know, you get a two weeks off to get rested, kind of get prepared for Nevada road game, and kind of get your uh, momentum, you know, back into play. 
and then you have that one game to kind of get back into it before you play a very good Boise State team. Cowboys can beat Nevada, go there on the road. They have a good chance to do that. You know, what kind of crowd, what kind of atmosphere they're going to have the following week when Boise State comes into Laramie. So there seems to be some potential developing here for some excitement across the board. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, The thought that um, we could compete with uh, Boise is exciting. Uh, They are the the standard of the... uh, of the conference, and uh, they're uh, a really good team. Uh, in fact, um, they have a quarterback by the name of Rippon, who I believe is the nephew of Mark Rippon, who used to be the Redskins. That is correct. Redskins um, quarterback. So there's a there's a lineage there, and I guess he's doing really well. But um, you know, it uh, it's not impossible that they could take take Boise State down in two weeks. Uh, let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed on that one. Well, Nevada, they can't look past Nevada. They have to go on the road. But Boise State's a very good football team, and they're a team that knows how to win, knows how to stick it to their opponents. They don't let their opponents back in the game. They're a very unique animal in this league. Uh, they're a quality team with a lot of depth and even uh, you know that's why this Nevada game is so big coming up and I know we'll talk more in depth about it next week but it's important to get that win and kind of solidify you for a stretch of some pretty good football teams particularly Boise State and San Diego State that will be coming into Laramie. Well now it it might be tempting and I'm a fan uh, like you are and it might be tempting to say the words that uh, the Cowboys are making that turning point. Uh, he, Coach Bowen was asked about that in his um, uh, after-game press conference, and uh, he, had a pointed, uh, <laughs> he had a pointed comment about that. It's always dangerous to say, okay, we've turned the corner because there's, there's a long ways for our program to go. But I can tell you we're significantly different than where we've been uh, last year. And you don't want to look in the rearview mirror too much, but, you know, it was uh, really heartwarming for me uh, as I turned around and I saw our student body and a lot of people just embracing what's going on with this football team and tremendous pride and University of Wyoming uh, winning does make a difference. And, uh, you know, that's another step forward uh, for our program. Definitely another step forward. Uh, He's not going to talk about the turning point, uh, but uh, as a fan... It sure feels uh, like this team is a lot different and making a lot of progress. Yeah, it's just very evident on the eye test. I do understand Coach Bull's perspective on it because fans tend to get caught up in one game, one quarter. I know there's a group of fans that always do that. You know, you have one bad game, they're back on on the program for not – progressing, taking a a bird's eye view of the program, a larger look at the picture is what he's trying to do. He's, you know, he's looking down the road because you lose a certain football game doesn't mean that the progress isn't being made. It just sometimes you have those stumbles during the process. But yeah, I I completely agree with you that we're, when what we can see uh, up in the stands on TV, this is definitely a much improved football team over last year. Definitely, and uh, a lot of good things are uh, uh, coming up the pike. I mean, we've got uh, a good stable of redshirt uh, freshmen uh, that uh, I observed on the sideline there. Uh, they all were wearing uh, football jerseys, but not in pads. 
Um, and there was a big group of them, so that's really heartening to see that many red shirts uh, uh, standing on the sidelines uh, observing and uh, waiting their turn to play for Wyoming. Yeah, I don't think uh, with the, with this program that they've even started to hit the stride completely with the recruiting efforts and the, the talent upgrade. I, they certainly upgraded the talent. The first class was a little bit of a wash because they started so late. So fans also have to remember they're still getting that process going, developing those players. Most of the recruits are underclassmen in the program, and we, we feel like this last recruiting class would have been their most talented group of players. We just got to feel that's going to go forward. So you got to feel like the influx of talent is going to continue into the program um, here in the next couple of years. Yes, sir. And, you know, on that note, um, I did have a uh, conversation with uh, Tom Laycock and another recruiting, uh, another recruiting report. So why don't we uh, take a listen to that? Well, we have Go Wild Go's recruiting guru, Tom Laycock, on the line. And Tom, I uh, understand that this past weekend at the Air Force game was somewhat fruitful with some commits. Yeah, so uh, they had a number of young men that were in town this weekend. Uh, one ended up committing. Uh, his name is, and and you're going to have to help me here, uh, Zazabian Balladay, out of Brother Rice High School in Chicago. Uh, six foot one ninety five, uh, four five time in the forty. Very strong uh, lower body. Had scholarship offers from Western Illinois and Wyoming. It was also, uh, I think, probably pretty close on Southern South, East Missouri, and Central Michigan. So, uh, a young man who Wyoming found him at a satellite campus last year, uh, and you know he came out and visited last week when I talked to him earlier in the week. You know, it sounded like he was kind of ready. You know, he's kind of ready to, to, to see Wyoming. He's ready to make the commitment. Um, his folks had kind of asked him, you know, well, what if one should just, you know, take it easy, maybe wait till the end of the season. Uh, sounds like his folks didn't win out on that, which is, which is good for Wyoming. Um, last year, he played behind another running back and ended up with 291 yards rushing. So he was a little bit of an unknown entity uh, last year. But when you look at those yards... Uh, you saw an average average per carry of 7.1, so you knew the talent was there. This year, um, I don't have a complete stat list, but I see over three games he had 298 yards and nine yards per carry for Brother Rice. So oh, that's good. Uh, I think they got a pretty good one there. We also found out the uh, we also found the identity of the young man who uh, we had heard that there was a uh, silent commit out there somewhere. And we found him, uh, Littleton, uh, Colorado tackle Keegan Kreider, uh, who had a couple, just a couple offers. He's out of Dakota Ridge High School, uh, Colorado School of Mines in Wyoming. But it, he came up to a Wyoming camp, and as soon as he committed, uh, a month later, um, he just shut off the uh, the recruiting. So uh, a young man who probably could have had quite a few more offers, but he's made it pretty clear that, that he's in the boat with Wyoming. 6'4", 250, out of Dakota Ridge. Um, I had uh, I had spoken to with this coach, with this head coach, uh, and, and I'm doing a great job of finding people that have difficult to pronounce last names. Uh, Ron White White Whitealowitz, 
and he goes by Coach 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 Woj, and I see why. Uh, you know, he had talked. I talked to him, and, and I said, "Tell me a little bit about this guy." You want to talk about? I mean, every coach will talk up his kid in as much as he possibly can when you're being recruited. But you want to talk about an amazing uh, endorsement of the young man? He's got a 4.2 grade point average. He's taking wow. AP Calc. He's taking AP Chemistry. He's taking <sighs> Honors Physics. Um, you know, active at the church, uh, one of the leaders at the school. So, uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, where, where Coach Bull likes to say we're looking for young men who are looking for a uh, meaningful degree, you know, and being leaders in the community, you know, this this sure looks like it. So uh, two nice pickups for the for Wyoming this week. Um, and actually, uh, Patrick Arnold from Nebraska also pulled the trigger this week, um, after coming after uh, visiting Wyoming, he did it right away Saturday morning. Um, he said they got up there, and the first thing they did, he and his family, is went to Brown and Gold. Uh, Brown and Gold Outlet picked up a bunch of stuff, and then he got to talk to Coach Bull. And I think I think uh, Bull was ready to make a pitch, and uh, Arnold just kind of said, "You know what? I'm ready. I'm here. Let's do it. Let's go." I think it surprised the heck out of Bull, but he was thrilled. Uh, you know, with, with Patrick, uh, one of the all-time nice guys uh, that, that I've talked to, you know, it, he never seems to have a bad day. Uh, always happy whenever you talk to him. He's one of those guys that you call him. <laughs> you know, uh, you look forward to someone like that on your team. So uh, good for him. You know, 6'2", 298 scholarship offers from Air Force, Army, Navy, South Dakota, Colgate, and Columbia. Uh, we had talked to him previously, and he had said, you know, the one thing that would keep me from committing to Wyoming is if I got the Nebraska offer. Well, he said Coach Kavanaugh called him last week uh, before he came out to the Wyoming game and said, you know, Patrick, we're just not going to offer any other, uh, you know, inside linemen. Um, and, been, and Patrick, you know, felt, said he felt a little bit, you know, bummed about that. But he hung up, and it wasn't two minutes later, Coach Bull called. Wow. Just, just the timing of it all. And he said, you know, it's divine <laughs> intervention. He said, I'm worth the scholarship. Wyoming's going to let me prove that. I look forward to proving that, and hopefully, you know, um, Nebraska sees it. So he, you know, one thing that you love to hear is he doesn't look at Wyoming as uh, as necessarily his fallback. Uh, he's been out here a few times, loved, loves the place. Uh, I talked to him once earlier this year, and I said, Patrick, what are you doing today when I picked up the phone? Um he said I was looking for places to go fishing around Laramie. So this is a young man who really, truly wants to be here. Um, I'm pretty excited for him to come out. Yeah, that sounds he great. Was, he was wonderful. Yeah, you know, and they had quite a few visitors this last week. And, and to pull out uh, two commitments is just fine. I've got another couple that I'll be speaking to. Um, hopefully this week I've, I've been exchanging texts with J.T. Wolfslager, um, young man from Oklahoma who was uh, a wide receiver by trade. And uh, Wyoming saw him at a satellite camp in Oklahoma, asked him if he'd go to the other side of the ball, cornerback. And he said he would. And he said he was uh, excited for it and got a, got a scholarship uh, out of the deal from, uh, from the University of Wyoming. He visited Air Force a couple weeks ago, saw Wyoming last week. Um, I would think there's probably a decision coming reasonably soon. Um Hayden Bluebaugh uh, has told me only that he had a good visit. He enjoyed it. Grandview running back with over 3,000 yards in the last two seasons. Um, Chris Walker out of Lincoln, Nebraska's East High was in. Um, 
you can see the big guy with scholarship offers South Dakota, South Dakota State, Wyoming, Illinois, and Ohio. Hmm. Um, she enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed being with a couple of the Nebraska guys. Thinks he's going to take two more visits, uh, Ohio and Illinois, and then he'll kind of sit down and make a decision. But, you know, he, like I said, he did. He did enjoy what he saw. And uh, we'll see where that goes. The last one that, that I can remember here is Rudy Stouffer from Kearney, Nebraska. And uh, the, the fun part about my last conversation with Rudy um, was the fact that I, I talked to him on, oh, that'd be Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, how'd you like the game? How'd you like the weekend? So it was fantastic. I said, uh, did you enjoy being there with the Nebraska guys? And he said, yeah, but, you know, Patrick Arnold has decided that he's going to try to recruit me to Wyoming now that he's committed to. He said, so every time that we met someone, you know, Patrick would say, hey, I'm Patrick Arnold. I'm from Nebraska. I just committed this morning. This is Rudy Stouffer. I'm trying to get him to commit too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So Patrick is, yeah, so Patrick's, you know, uh, going to wave the flag for Wyoming and see what he can do. Well, that's great. And that always helps, too. Um, if you've got somebody uh, from your home state and your area uh, speaking highly of a place, uh, I'm certain that can't hurt. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Well, I was there at the game, the Air Force game, and I saw uh, down on the sideline a bunch of young men in Wyoming jerseys and uh, watching the game on the sidelines. And I'm wondering, were those the um, visitors? Uh, when, was I interpreting that correctly? I believe those were red shirts. Ah, red shirts, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, the men who were there already, and, and that's a big deal um, for a lot of different reasons, but the longer uh, the longer that group of guys is standing there, the better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is, is right now they're 18, 19 years old, maybe 20 at the most. And if they get thrown into the fire, they're playing against 22, 23, 24 uh, in those, you know, three and four years worth of a college weight program, which is, is you know, you can't compare it to what you see in high school. So, you know, to my way of thinking, one really great way to, to sort of interpret the health of a uh, of a football program is to see how many guys they're able to redshirt and get that extra year uh, of training and eating and lifting under their belt. Well, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess in the past few years, we haven't had that luxury as much. So it really does look like Bowl is uh, 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 really beefing up the program from the bottom up. Yep, I agree completely. Right? You know, he's, he's building, and you know, this thing was was kind of a train wreck when he took over. So I'm glad he's been able to, uh, you know, to help it turn around a little bit, and uh, the future looks bright. Well, fantastic! Uh, I want to thank you for that information, and thank you for sh- stopping by. Uh, we've got. Uh, a bye week, so uh, we know that uh, there's not going to be a, a loss on the record, but there's not going to be a win, but that's a good rest for the Cowboys. So um, we'll talk to you again uh, for the next podcast, um, number 10, and find out what's transpired between now and uh, the next game, which uh, is going to be Nevada. Looking forward to it, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you again, Tom.
Well, that was the uh, recruiting uh, report for this uh, week's podcast and uh, a lot of good uh, information, a lot of good news. A lot of good news. Got the win over Air Force, the commitments. It looks like the interest level's uh, picking up for some of the prospects out there. Could be a few prospects very close to committing. And it was some great uh, stories there by Tom uh, to kind of kick off his recruiting report. Well, I tell you, the uh, it seems like we're doing really well in Nebraska. And uh, if this uh, young man, Arnold, uh, has his way, he might be bringing a couple of guys with him. Kind of reminds you what Austin Conway did when he was on the basketball team, come out of Colorado recruiting his uh, football teammates down in high school and people he knew in Colorado. Arnold's kind of taken that same approach. And we both agree, because we talked about it earlier this summer, that the really getting into Nebraska could be a really good thing for Wyoming. All those players we've had through the years come from Nebraska really helped complement the Colorado recruits and the Wyoming recruits and making this program stronger, especially with the offensive linemen. Um, we already have a couple of pretty good offensive linemen out there, at least one from Nebraska, and then you got the couple of these prospects and one committed from Nebraska. So this could, could be a really good thing for Wyoming football. Yeah, it's been too long. We've ignored uh, our neighbors to the east for too long. Uh, there's a lot of good football players over there, and I'm glad to see that uh, Coach Bull, having been a both a Nebraska player and a Nebraska coach. Uh, and he's also mined Nebraska heavily for uh, uh, his teams up in North Dakota State. So uh, this is this bodes well for uh, getting good talent out of the uh, Cornhusker State. We haven't recruited. The last coach I think really recruited Nebraska well is probably Joe Tiller. And, you know, he was able to bring some players. And I think Coach Glenn... And Coach Christensen tried, and I just don't think they had the success for whatever reason. Um, maybe they did sign a couple Nebraska players, but they weren't really the top-level players out of the state. I don't know if they just missed the evaluation on those players, but uh, this uh, this effort by Coach uh, Bowl and his staff has been close to excellent so far. Well, one thing I've noticed about the uh, players, you know, uh, one way that you gauge a player's value in some respects is who else is recruiting that player. And I noticed that uh, a lot of the guys we're getting are schools at our level, uh, but they're, you know, some of them have a few uh, larger schools after them. But uh, I think that's a talent evaluation going on there that uh, uh, maybe not. Uh, respective or reflective, I guess the word I'm looking for, on just who's recruiting some of these other guys. Yeah, I kind of don't always necessarily look who's recruiting players. I think that helps a little bit. And I think the valuation is very key. Is a player that is a two- to three-star recruit, can he be be developed into a four- or five-star recruit by the end of his career? Does he have that upside and just by looking at the young players in the program right now, and some of the players are already starring as underclassmen, you got to feel pretty confident the staff seems to know how to has that nose for talent, knows how to evaluate it, and doing a little bit better job evaluating that talent than the last previous staffs. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, it's already evidencing itself on the field, so um, we have 
a much improved uh, roster, and uh, we've got prospects for a uh, in more improved roster. So that's always uh, always heartening. Well, I tell you what, uh, we're getting towards that time of day when um, <clears throat> we should be um, should re- be relaxing. Uh, and since we have a buy, I think we can imbibe a little bit. So uh, let's uh, let's just do this. A cold one here. In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, well, our friends will be drinking all the beer. Everybody sing! In heaven there is no beer. That's why. Ah, yes, in heaven there's no beer. And when (coughs) we're gone from here. So when we're gone from here, they're going to be getting all the beer. But at least we'll uh, have an opportunity to drink some beer this weekend and relax. Uh, Wyoming's at home. So, uh... I tell you what, Ian, this has been podcast number nine. We've uh, covered a lot of good things, but thinking about podcast number 10, uh, looking forward, uh, since there's not a game, I guess we're going to do a mid-season review, and we're going to look back at some of the uh, best plays that Wyoming has had uh, so far, uh, some of the great moments, and uh, discuss uh, the future. Uh, I think that'll be the way to go for next podcast. Yeah, it's uh, be a good time to really get down and take a look at this season up to that point, get some expert opinion on that um, as the Cowboys uh, make that road trip to Reno, Nevada. Well, I tell you what, why don't we wrap it up uh, on this podcast and uh, say adios, and uh, we'll be back this time next week. Hey, Jeff, see you next week. See you next week. Well, there you have it. Podcast number nine. Go I.O. Go podcast number nine. I'm your host, Jeff Fry, and I've been joined by the publisher of Go I.O. Go, Ian McMacken. Go I.O. Go podcast is a production of the Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with Go I.O. Go message board. We want to thank the University of Wyoming and Learfield Sports for providing game highlights. All rights reserved.